Coming up today on the show, we're going to go through the last 50 years of Walt Disney World history. That's coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everybody to episode 198 of Traveling with the Mouse for Monday, March the 25th, 2019. My name is Adam and I am joined by John. How's it going? It is going. Number nine. Number nine. Yes. Oh, that's a great explanation of what we're going to do today. We're going to be talking about the last 50 years of Walt Disney World history, but only focusing on the decades that... It's really the years that end in nine. There you go. End in nine. Thank you. (laughs) There we go. So 50 50 years ago would be 1969. And you're saying to me, wait a minute, Disney World didn't open until 1971. But That's there's, exactly what I said. <laughs> but there's plenty to talk about in 1969 because there was construction updates, kind of like today, right? If, right. We were, if we were doing this podcast in 1969, we'd be talking about all the construction updates for the soon-to-open Walt Disney World. If we were talking about this podcast in 1969, <laughs> we would be a la Austin Powers. <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> We'd be on the radio as well, not a podcast. So yes, the internet, something like that. We would have had to have traveled back in time, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> yes, wasn't that the one where he like drove like a what they were trying to make the 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 beetle make a comeback or something like that? Oh right, he yeah, drive he one of those in the car to yeah. The, yeah, yeah. That was Spy who shagged me, right? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yes. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> so, 1969, let's start there. 50 years ago this year. The first thing that, that we come to is February of 1969, and that is that Disney officials reached an agreement with 18 labor union unions that pledged regular pay increases in exchange for no strikes during the construction of the first phase of Walt Disney World. Right off the bat, it becomes about striking a deal with labor. That's actually a pretty smart thing if you think about it. They want to make sure that they reach an agreement. So it makes it sound like something was signed, in my opinion. So it could have been a breach or something as they decided to strike. Right. But I feel like that that deal had to have included a pretty significant amount of pay, though. I mean, the construction workers that were doing just about everything in the Orlando area during that time period were making good money even by today's standards. So let's just put it that way. So they were making extremely good money then. Hmm. All right. So the the next this is probably the biggest event on April 30th, which is coming up very soon, about a month from now, roughly. Disney held a press conference to announce the uh, significant aspects of the Florida project or Walt Disney World, and folks from RCA, US Steel, and Monsanto were on hand. Also, I'll refer to this. I have this DVD called uh, Magic Kingdom Imagineering the Magic. I got it at uh, Hollywood Studios, actually. But I think it's still available online, perhaps, or it's it seems to be getting more scarce. But it's kind of a behind-the-scenes documentary of the making of Walt Disney World. Not Not amazing documentary by any means, but they do have... Some of footage from this April 30th, 1969 press event on this DVD is a bonus feature. So 
It's kind of cool. I've watched I've watched it, so or at least parts of it. They talk a little bit about their excitement about what they're doing with Walt Disney World. Mainly some of the construction, like U.S. Steel did the Contemporary and Polynesian. So they talked a little bit about building those resorts, and RCA talked about the communication stuff that they were building for uh, Walt Disney World. So it was interesting. So if you have... Check that DVD out as well. They knew the date would be October 1971 at that point for for Phase 1 of Walt Disney World. Officials on the project still referred to the Polynesian Resort as a 12-story building uh, back then. Wow. So it was going to be just as tall as the Contemporary, or roughly the same size. So that was interesting that, that that changed. As we know now, it is a series of two- and three-story structures. They also discussed building an Asian, Venetian, and Persian-themed resorts. We've talked about that before. That was supposed to be Phase 2, which never ended up happening. At the Magic Kingdom, they previewed something called the Western River Expedition and Thunder Mesa, which we know didn't actually come to pass either. The only thing of that that survived was Big Thunder Mountain. And But this was in the plans back in April 1969, so that's interesting. Uh, hmm. Of course, the, the thing that the book points out, Project Future, is that the absence of Pirates of the Caribbean was pretty obvious, and we've talked about that too, as to why they decided not to include Pirates. But that was interesting, you know, some of the, some of the things they were deciding back then that <laughs> either didn't happen or were mistakes in leaving out. It was interesting to see. They also showed a 16mm film called Phase 1, Walt Disney World, at the press conference, which I did not see any footage of, so that would be interesting if that exists out there anywhere. Later that year, it seems like they released another 16mm film called Walt Disney World Vacation Kingdom, but I'm curious as to what that one looks like, because I couldn't find that either. And it also, here's another interesting one. On May 6th, Roger Brogy and Earl Vilmer of the Disney Company arranged the purchase of five railroad engines from the Yucatan in Mexico for the price of $32,000. And those would be the trains that you see at Magic Kingdom today, which is pretty hmm. interesting. There was another press conference apparently on October 30th at the Ramada Inn in Ocoee, Florida. Yes. Unveiling the models and plans for Phase 1 of Walt Disney World. Interestingly enough, the same models were the ones that they used in the Walt Disney World Preview Center that opened in uh, 1970. So, interesting. Which also included models of the Asian, Phoenician, and Persian resorts. So, pretty cool. Thank the Phoenicians. <laughs> the wrong wrong people there. Oh, All right. wrong Phoenicians. Oh, you said Venetian, not Phoenician. Exactly, oh, sorry. I did say Venetian. My, my mistake. We could have thanked the Venetians for that resort if it had ever come about. Well, there is um, one in Vegas. Oh. So let's fast forward 10 years, and why don't you take 1979? Speaking of thinking the Phoenicians, uh -huh. in 1979 in May, groundbreaking began for Epcot Center, which houses the attraction Spaceship Earth, which has that line. So there you go. There. That's a connection. We made a connection after all. In a unknown month in 1979, Disney sells the Celebrity Sports Center in Denver, Colorado. 
The sports facility had been used for training new employees for Walt Disney World. Interesting to me, anyway, that they would be training people in Denver, Colorado for Florida. That is weird. But isn't it? Um, back in the day, that might have been you know more of a thing. I, they probably, truthfully, back when this started, they probably didn't have a huge pool of locals to pull from, truthfully, yeah. because where they were building was nothing. Yeah. Except swampland. I mean, unless they're planning on hiring gators. Right. I think they pretty much did have to look outside of where they were. I mean, the only real population in central Florida, gosh, I mean, even Orlando wasn't really a thing yet. Not much of one. So, yeah. October 22nd, Walt Disney World welcomes its 100 millionth guests. Wow. Kurt Miller was his name, apparently, on October 22nd of 1979. Not a whole lot going on in 1979. You know, it was my first year of life. In 1979, so I don't really remember personally very much about this year regarding it, but it looks like it was kind of a business as usual sort of a year, with the exception of groundbreaking on Epcot, which pretty much also marked the almost death of the Walt Disney Company once uh, that really got going, once that project really got going. Yeah, so that's interesting that it was roughly eight years, is that right? I mean, for yeah. for them to get $100 million the math is right on that that would be 12 and a half million average guests per year they see around 20 this is what it is yeah. i think now i gotta maybe. say they exceed that now yeah they almost double it almost so shall we skip forward 10 more years yeah so not much that, that's the other interesting thing not a whole lot to report in 1979 because there was a whole lot of nothing going on really yeah yeah i was I just it just occurred to me that we're kind of doing our own little like carousel of progress almost. When I thought though we're doing we should we should rename this the carousel of Disney progress. <laughs> That's a good point. So we should have a little song going in between each one. Yes. Now is the time. Now is the time. <laughs> now is the bell. We've landed now in 1989 is the year and January 3rd the If You Could Fly attraction at the Magic Kingdom closes. Yes, this attraction was one of the ones that we had first footage of from 1987, was If You Could Fly, mm -hmm. just uh, two years prior the, from this time period. It was one I always enjoyed, whether it was If You Had Wings or If You Could Fly. Even, you know, you yeah. say, how can you remember that? You were still less than 10 years old. I do remember it rather significantly. I actually have genuine memories of it not just videotape yeah. but um i always enjoy this attraction it just it just it's weird it seems like disney never could continue to keep a airline sponsor like they had to keep changing it up or something kept yeah. happening when it came to that a lot of them went under or merged you know the yeah. other ones a lot yeah in that time period but you know the one they last had though obviously never went under it's like the biggest one in the whole world now it's one of the but, big three, yes. Delta, you're yes. talking about? Yes. Yeah. So one of the big um, three, I think, in the U.S. Yeah. So that wasn't an issue as to why the sponsorship dropped the last time. Um, I think it was probably just they didn't want to, you know, continue the relationship or pony up the dough or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> pony up the dough. Didn't feel, didn't feel like they needed to, for one thing. Yeah. 
So the other thing that happened, skipping ahead to February 3rd now, 1989, Disney started issuing those $1 and $5 Disney dollars at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Did you ever have any Disney dollars? Do you have any I was going to say, I've, I've never used them. I think, don't they still exist in some de- to some degree, or did they discontinue them? I mean, they're, maybe they're just... I'm pretty sure they discontinued it, but... I thought there was something you could do with them, but I mean, I since I never really Sold participated, them. I didn't keep up with when they came or went, you know, so. Well, I'm looking, you can still find them on eBay for actually a decent amount of money for what it is. If you had any, that would be worth something now, in other words, yeah. Yeah, there's some that look like they're more rare than others, so, yeah, you can still find them out there. Yeah, looks like they did make them up, up to fairly recently, so. Yeah, I knew it was not that long ago if they had gotten rid of them, but the way things had gone, I mean, I just don't remember when it... It must have quietly left, went yeah. out the door. So the $1 bill depicted Mickey Mouse on one side and Sleeping Beauty Castle on the other. The $5 bill depicted Goofy on one side. Why is he on the 5 and Mickey on the 1? But anyway, uh, the other side was Epcot Center's Spaceship Earth and the Empress Lily Riverboat. So. I thought you were going to say, why is it Goofy? Why wouldn't Goofy be on like a two dollar bill? That's I don't funny. know. <laughs> I'm gonna say they only put they only made two bills, so you know I thought you were gonna say something like why not Donald? Why not Minnie? Why not? Yeah, yeah why not Minnie? Especially yeah. Uh, well, Mickey's on the one dollar bill because he's number one. Okay, even um, though because it all started with a mouse. What do you is mean? That why you have to say it? Yes, just like it all started with George. So the Goofy is the Abraham Lincoln of the Disney. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Any. I guess. I don't Since know. Since you're going with that uh, comparison. Analogy. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm just I'm just making crap up, okay. <laughs> okay. Alright. So also in February the Crossroads shopping area opened at Walt Disney World, which this is the area that's closing now because it's across the street from Disney Springs now nowadays. I think this was closing, if I'm not mistaken. We did a news story about this that the crossroads is gonna close. It's across from Disney Springs or Hotel Plaza Boulevard. So, interesting. So I guess Disney opened that and then maybe they sold it off. That's what I'm guessing. Also down there, the Walt Disney World Casting Center opened, which is down there by Disney Springs currently. And then the big one happened in May. Or yes. lots of big ones. The Disney MGM Studios theme park opened <clears throat> May 1st, 1989. 135 acres, total construction costs were over $500 million, which is not a lot for today's money. That I was going to say, they, <laughs> they spend more than that on just an attraction. Yeah, just about as much on a Navi uh, animatronic <laughs> these days. Uh, well, I, I said on, a, on an attraction, excuse me, they spent more than that on a land that is scheduled to only have two attractions. Right. We'll just say that. Well, they have it. Because I, I don't I don't remember their specific price tag for Galaxy's Edge other than it was in the billions, so yeah. it couldn't have been too much over a billion. I yeah. would I wouldn't think. I just <laughs> right. I do remember the billion part. But All right. Well, here's a blast from the past. The entrance prices for Hollywood Studios, excuse me, MGM Studios in 1989 for an adult twenty nine dollars, twenty three dollars for a child. Wow. Oh. That's way different now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh, almost $100 more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just about. Depending on the day you go, yes. It's yes. way more than $29, I'll put it that way. It's like, now you're not going to know until you show up. 
exactly how much it's going to cost you. <laughs> yeah. Because it changes by the day, apparently. So do you want to go through all these, or is it boring I to go through? I think we can... I don't think it's too boring. I mean, obviously, the very first one it shows on the list, the Great Movie Ride, is probably yeah. the best re- best remembered for recently. Yeah, uh, going away. It's funny you mentioned this. I was going through some of my footage, just a little bit of it today, from 2015. I think it might have been the very last time that I experienced the Great Movie Ride, and I was yeah. actually using my GoPro three at that point in time to try and to yeah. run through it. You know, because I'd filmed it other ways before. But I was just trying this because so, I could easily turn it backwards and see what was behind me and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was decent footage. I mean, it's not as good as it could could be. But, of course, it was the only time I rode the attraction with, what's his name, the TCM guy. Oh, yeah, Robert that, Osborne. That pa- Robert Osborne, yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of it. Yeah. Um, that passed not too terribly right. within the last few years. Very recently. Uh, as well. Yeah. Which, I, it was good. I, I liked the when they changed it uh, to that. It, it freshened it up a little bit. I enjoyed that because he gave you some for like a year. <laughs> yeah, I still preferred the original. Go figure. With when it comes to me, it kind of reduced the role of the cast member that would be up there. Oh yeah, Not, I oh, guess you would call him the driver technically, but they, oh, they right. didn't have as much to say. In other words, right? I guess you could tell it was winding down then at that point, but the attraction, but. I have very vivid memories, though, of in 1997 of doing this, and and we literally walked in the theater portion of the queue line where the movie trailers were showing at the exact moment that Raiders uh, trailer was on, and that was pretty fun to see the Raiders of the Lost Ark trailer. These, these trailers looked like they were original theatrical trailers for those movies, too, which was also really cool. Yeah, it's really neat seeing the old ones, like Casablanca as mm-hmm. well, you know. Yeah, those were neat, yeah. Yeah. So that was a fun part of that ride. The backstage studio tour um, mm-hmm. opened with the park, which was like a whopping something like 45 minutes or more Yeah. Uh, tour. I mean, it, I'm sure it felt like a three-hour tour. It felt like you were getting on the SS Minnow. Yeah. Uh, whenever this first came out, because it was it was split up for for, for one thing. It was part of Tram Ride, which I can't remember if that was first or second. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, the Tram Ride was first. That's right. You actually got in line. You got on the tram. You went through the tour, and it went through the Streets of America mm-hmm. part, which is no longer there, obviously, because it's becoming Galaxy's Edge. Right. But um, those that section, like you couldn't even walk back there at that point in time. It yeah. was part of the tour. Right. I do remember and, that. Um, yeah. And then once you came back, you kind of had a, a little break in between before you went to the walking part of the tour, which started with the whole, you know, volunteers for the, the scene with the water and mm-hmm. they dumped the water on somebody and right. the other scene, they, they're the like screen. in a ship. Yeah, the blue, the blue screen yeah. slash green screen, whichever yeah, it is. Call it. It's just basically one color in the back that doesn't tra- contrast with whatever you want to change. Yeah. And then from there, you know, it went into the warehouses. I mean, it was it was pretty, um, yeah, it, yeah, it lengthy. Was extensive, yeah. Magic of Disney Animation was really good when it first started as well. It was that tour, and it was, seemed like it was kind of long. When they first opened this, they really were big on making it feel like an um, 
they did tours and stuff like it was a functioning studio, which to a degree it was. They did do some things there. Yeah. As I just said, uh, for the Magic of Disney Animation, the film Back to Neverland was yeah. the very beginning of it, which featured Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was a good one. Mentioning that, I mean, it's on here, but I just happened to think about it. The backstage studio tour. I do remember the short film in one part of that called The Lottery that featured Bette Midler. Yeah, that's uh, right. And mm-hmm. I remember Actually, that. Film. It was filmed on the, the back lot as well. Yeah. The, the Streets of America. Yep, it was. Very yep. cool. Uh, Monster Sound Show. I always loved that one. Um, I hated it when it left, especially since anything that replaced it was terrible. <laughs> like Sounds Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been the only other attraction they had was Sounds Dangerous. I don't know if they put anything else there. But uh, Sounds Dangerous was Sounds Like a Coma. That's what it should have <laughs> been named. Um, okay. I mean, for real. I mean, that there. If you if you really wanted to pick a place to take a nap in Walt Disney World, that would have been the place when that attraction was open because it was dark the entire time, yeah. and you had headphones on and they were doing things with with your ears. The Monster Sound Show was much better because it, for one thing, it had more audience participation. So, right. and it involved a short film that was pretty humorous for a ten year old at the time that I was, um, featuring Martin Short. Uh, yeah. With some slack, slapstick type humor in it. So. Nice. <clears throat> that would have been good. Of course, the New York Street area opened, but there wasn't much of it to <laughs> right. to walk on. Unless you were just on the back lot tour. A lot, some of the things like you see now, 50s primetime, you see Studio Catering Company closed, of course, in recent years, preparing for Toy Story Land and um, Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Mm-hmm. Superstar Television. I never actually went in there. I do remember what it consisted of where people were volunteered or they were to do scenes like from I Love Lucy or something like that and get put into them, things like that. Of course, Dinosaur Gertie still there. Yep. Residential Street, Men and Bill's Dockside Diner, Hollywood and Vine still standing, Backlot Express still standing, Hollywood Derby still standing. I mean, the restaurants are pretty much the same. Yep. Yeah, a lot of the restaurants are still there. Theater of the Stars, I don't remember where that was. It was on Hollywood Boulevard. I think that's the place where they kind of did that attraction before it became, and still to this day, um, once it did change, Beauty and the Beast. Mickey's of Hollywood is obviously still there. Crossroads is still there. Pleasure Island was at the end of that. It apparently opened on the same day. Mm. Which May 1st. So, yeah, it was a big day then for in the yeah. Eisner era of yeah. Walt Disney World. It's a pretty big year. Yeah. As we're, because that was just May that we just yeah. covered. So, so one one thing quickly on MGM Studios that I wanted to mention, since we're getting close to another big opening at Hollywood Studios, same same park, different name. I remember we went in May at some point of 1989. It was not long after it opened, and from the video, I was only three years old at the time, so I don't really remember too much about it. But from the video, it seemed like we did the backlot tour first, and then we went back to the hotel, and then came back that night and did Great Movie Ride. Is that because of the wait times? I assume were were too long, um, and we waited. Or I don't know. The Great Movie Ride's line was pretty long that evening that I remember. I mean, like I said, I was ten, so I do remember much more of it. Right. So. The backlot tour and stuff did take a pretty good bit of time. I can't remember what all we did in the morning hours. It seems like that was basically what we did was was that and the animation. Right. And got um, ice cream, apparently. And when we came back, I don't remember who all did what. 
I do remember doing the Monster Sound show sometime that night. I do remember it was dark at the time that we actually did it. I don't remember who all went. I know at least Dad and myself did. Let's see, what was the other one? Uh, Great Movie Ride was also that evening. So, I, I mean, i got to be honest. I don't remember too many other things being that evening other than those two things yeah. in, in my memory. Yeah, I wondered, I guess, it was a matter of probably avoiding the hottest part of the day and having little kids, you just want to take them back for a nap and come back later. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting if, if it was a crowd thing, probably. But and, you know, again, we talked about May 1st when it was open. We actually went during the month that opened so we were we weren't it wasn't may 1st but it was not long after yeah that is, our yeah. family went for a lot of people that were so few things open it was probably a good bit disappointing yeah and i know like mom in particular had no desire to go back there until you know the second time i think that i ever ended up going to the studio is always 1994 Right. That was the next time I ended up going to the studios at all. It was years, much yeah. better to me then. Yeah. Um, and I think she enjoyed it much better after that. And, yeah. you know. My, like I was saying earlier, my earliest memories is 1997 there. I was 11 years old. So much so that Hollywood Studios was my favorite park that year, I would think. Because I, I just, I loved every bit of it. Because I, I wasn't as familiar with it. Going back there that year yeah. really was nice, yeah. So, uh, moving on now to June 1st, that's when Typhoon Lagoon opened. So Still, still in my opinion, the better of the two water parks that still yeah. exist. Yeah. Uh, 56 acres, and yeah, I would, I would agree. So, also on in June, June 21st, Walt Disney World welcomed their 300th million guest, Matt Gleason. So you can see the growth there between 1979 and 89. They welcomed their 100 millionth guests in 79, and then 10 years later, they uh, more than doubled they tripled that. Tripled it. Yeah, tripled it. <laughs> exactly. So pretty good. And um, Delta Dream Flight, which we just originally talked about the closure uh, early on yeah. of um, If You Could Fly. Right. So Delta Dream Flight was the attraction that took its place, as we were talking about. Mm -hmm. The name of the Club Lake Villa accommodations in Walt Disney World changed to Club Suites, and the Walt Disney World Village is renamed the Disney Village Marketplace. So now going to July, Tony's Town Square Restaurant opened in Magic Kingdom. That is something I didn't actually realize, that it wasn't there. You know, I, I didn't think it was necessarily there all along, but... I actually do remember this, and one of the reasons I do is because mom in particular, I mean, yours, if you had asked her about it, I'm sure if you, you still even now, she would remember them eating mm -hmm. at a restaurant there that was basically some sort of like Oscar Mayer-based theme or some kind of, kind of restaurant over there where Tony's currently is, which might explain why the size is not as big as some restaurants as well mm -hmm. uh, in Tony's. Um, because of what it was originally and the space that was used there originally. Um, but, you know, Tony's has been there now 30 years, right? So, yeah. 30 years is almost exactly. And it's been getting consistently not so great reviews for like 10 of those. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully, I know that they supposedly have new chef and everything now. I, so. I've been there before and I, I didn't 
I, I don't get what the what the real hubbub is. Truthfully, I mean, I think you could probably better spend your your dollar, especially considering how much they charge, than eating there. But it's not like it's like the worst place in the world or something like that. I mean, if it's yeah. if you're needing availability and you 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 know, I I would eat there. I would definitely eat there to try it because I don't think I've ever eaten there unless I did as a kid. So, I got to be honest though, I've never. It's, I can't think off the top of my head. I don't think I've really had bad. Um, the yeah. worst thing I've come, the worst thing that I've had on Disney property happen was I had an extremely long wait time one time at Captain Cook's. Hmm. But other than that, I mean, I've never had anything bad. Yeah, I've never had food that was so bad that I couldn't eat it or something like that. Or it just was like, uh, I've had plenty of food that I was like, eh, that's not that great, but, you know. I will say, I will say it. one time, one of the times that I went to um, Hoop to do the fried chicken was less than stellar. I don't know what happened that particular night, but it was definitely not, you know, I was, no, it was less than what I was looking forward to based on what I had, had come to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're serving so much of it to so many people that, yeah, you know, I guess you're going to get... But, I mean, it only happened once, so... Well, this is interesting. It says on August 24th that the Ewok Village opened, just the Ewok Village, uh, in front of Star Tours at the MGM Studios. I think Star Tours didn't open until 90 or a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, it was not... Maybe the end of the year, 89? Yeah, of course... Yeah. The very next day, for what you're talking about, the yep. Epic Stump Spectacular, which is now the longest-running attraction at Hollywood Studios exactly. or MGM Studios. Right. And I, I'm i going to make a point to go see this before they close it, I guess, next It'd year. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to go see it now. Even though I, I watched some recent video of, of this attraction, and it is exactly the same. Nothing has changed. So, right. but it's still going to be interesting to see it uh, again. I haven't seen it since, gosh, it's been at least 10 years. So in uh, October, another classic, The Wonders of Life Pavilion, mm, which we just great. recently talked about as well being yep. redone. Go back and listen to that episode. If you yeah. yeah. It opened in Epcot, and of course it had Body Wars, was pretty, you know, state-of-the-art at the time. Yeah. You know, as far as those go, even though they were just about to open yet another simulator that was identical in Star Tours, yep. uh, which we see which one stood the test of time. Cranium Command, which was, you know, when I always thought it was a good show. I always thought it was funny. Goofy yep. Over Health film was open at that time. Uh, it looks like it took a few or like a week or so, almost two weeks later for um, the making of me to open and Wonders of Life. Hmm. So, yeah, I wonder why that one was a week later. That's interesting. I don't know. So uh, on November second, Disney announced plans to build Dixie Landings and Port Orleans hotels, which are both now just Port Orleans, and Riverside, and French Quarter. Right. But I remember going over there in '92 to see Dixie Landings at the time in Port Orleans. Yeah. Remember seeing? I remember seeing the video you guys took because I think we were, didn't go that route. Um, I didn't go over there. I don't think during that time period. But okay. there was one of those years. I think that 
there was a day that we went to Epcot, and I think you guys just went over to like Fort Wilderness or something like that. Well, are we ready to time travel to 1999 now? Yes, I think we all remember this one even better. Yes, there's a lot of uh, stuff that I remember happening in 1999. So we both went in 1999 as well. Yeah. So not too terribly far apart, but not together. So. Yeah, this is probably the first time we didn't go together, actually, back in uh, that, the 90s. Yeah, true. So, January 15th, Disney's All-Star Movies Resort opened at Walt Disney World. So, that's still there today. Yep, and still have yet to stay there. <laughs> yeah. Which one are you... Are you doing movies, or which one are you... Yeah, that's, we're doing movies. So, there you go. You'll knock that one off the list of resorts. The Walt Disney World Speedway hosted the Indy 200 car race, which yep. that no longer exists anymore. Nope. So that it's was now a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, which is needed now. Yep. So and good. on March 17th, uh, I guess this is more the official open of Test Track <laughs> because after like eight years of <laughs> trying. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember you talked about the '97 trip. We were there. Horizons mm-hmm. was still open. Yep. And right next door, you see Test Track, and it says something like opening in June. Now, mind you, this is June of 1997, right? Yep. So the actual opening was almost two years later. <laughs> almost. Yikes. Yeah, that's bad. Um, Weren't they testing the vehicles, too? I thought we could hear the cars going yeah. by. I thought they were. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So, it's so a, I mean... That's crazy. The most technologically complicated thing they probably still to this day for whatever reason i don't know yeah. what it is breaks down all it, the time you would think that after 20 years of operation they would have found a way to make it improvements well maybe they have made some improvements but you'd wow. think they would have found a way to keep it online more often right <laughs> but i gotta say anyway. last time i wrote it which was a couple of weeks ago the deceleration part is incredibly rough <laughs> i don't know i mean i remember i think the last several I, times i I've always been, remember it being that way yeah. it's like i think but when you ride radiator springs racers for example it is not that rough right so clearly they've you know that and see benefit maybe i'm yeah maybe i'm wrong but i never hear of radiator springs racers really having any downtime yeah as far as not like Test Track does, if it does. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, because they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah. They would probably know. have to close Test Track for like another two years to get it rebuilt, but it's probably too expensive for them to do that, too. So yeah. they're just stuck with it now. So Discovery Island closes also. That's in April, April, April 8th. Yeah. Of course, that's about a year after Animal Kingdom opened, so that makes sense. So why they did that. They move those animals over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, they did, actually. And I remember we were there prior to this opening, but Rock and Roller Coaster did open in July of that year because we went in June. Yeah. So it was not long before it went open. Very soon. I remember your brother, James, on the episode that we released, I guess, last summer. He was talking, he rode Rock and Roller Coaster with someone who d- got to do a soft open or preview of that. Yeah. I remember him telling that story, so. Yeah. 
So it's, that doesn't really happen these days. It's, it's just randomly someone walking by and like, hey, you want to ride this? You know, I, I need to look this up, happen. and I don't, I don't have footage that I think really does it justice. To, but they've done something with reworking the way they do the lines there over the years, and I don't know when specifically it happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it's when they added the single rider uh, specifically yeah. that they reworked something because it's like you don't go through the same queue anymore. It's like it's totally different, and I don't know what they did. <laughs> I've yeah. looked at that several times. Anytime I've gone to that attraction, I'm like, this is not the same is what I was thinking. I always think that. I was like, this isn't the same. Something's different, and I can't put my finger on it. Bam. So in uh, September at 2 p.m. in Walt Disney World, the Magic Kingdom parking up got closed early due to Hurricane Floyd approaching the Central Florida coastline. Other areas close at 3 p.m. Yeah. The next day, it, for the first time in the 20-year history of Walt Disney World, it closed for a whole day because of Hurricane Floyd. And that happened a couple of times since then now. So not all for hurricanes, but uh, interesting that it that it uh, happened. Yeah. So there you have it. In October, the Millennium Celebration began, which ran for 15 months. The Imagination Pavilion reopened yeah. at Epcot <laughs> with its really crappy version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It ain't got much better since then. Yeah, it was only marginally improved after that. I mean, I can't remember. It wasn't long that this one... It was less than a year before they changed it. I mean, it was. Right. I may say, it might have been a little over that, but I want to say it was like less than a year before they made a change to it. Right. And of course, I'm just going to finish this one off. Illuminations 2000 debuted on New Year's Eve of that year. I was going to mention that I do remember being there in June of that year and seeing the very last regular Illuminations show, I guess, before they started doing the Millennium one that was still going on then. Yeah. I do recall that one. What was different about it? Because I don't remember it. It was totally different. I mean, it, I mean, it's a, it was still a fireworks show that involved the lasers to some degree. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, I the music and everything, it was completely different. I probably have the soundtrack somewhere, but it was completely different than um, That's what right. we've known for the last 20 years. <laughs> right, because I remember being at the Polynesian, and you could see the lasers from from the show off in the distance. If probably so. I remember yeah. that very, very vividly. I was going to mention from just our trip, though, that was this was the first time that I visited Animal Kingdom, and they actually still had the what was called at that point in time, the Disney Radio River Cruise was mm-hmm. still going. Yep. Um, yeah. But it was not operating the, the next time. Yep. They yeah. Were it there. didn't last long, yeah. <laughs> didn't last very long at all. I do remember writing that one. All right. So let's jump ahead again, another decade, and go to 2009. And the first significant thing in 2009 is February 12th, the grand opening of the American Idol Experience at Disney's Hollywood Studios, because that name changed a year earlier, at Walt Disney World opened. So, yeah. I never did this one. Me either. Didn't yeah. really care for it. The Frozen Sing Along is in that same theater now, and it's it's really good. I've done that one many times now. It's a good show. Well, one of the things that I thought was cool is that, like, if you win this, like, anybody that wins this actually gets a shot to audition for the real show. Yeah. And there's been, you know, 
one or two that I recall that actually went pretty far into it uh, that, that, that got their start that way. I just remember walking into the park and, you know, like um, during this time period and there was like, it's had, it had a pretty huge marquee out there that you would, you couldn't walk into the area that was like the, the hub of uh, the great, uh, of, uh, not the great movie, right, but the hub of the Hollywood Studios without hearing the American Idol theme song start uh, going off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, now, ironically, 10 years later, ABC owns American Idol and it's currently airing. It's on, closed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this attraction's closed. So it's funny. Yeah. So a turn of events there. Well, you know, they had to put Frozen somewhere, so they're like, you know. <laughs> so I'll do I'll do the next one to the Space Mountain closed for refurbishment April nineteenth, two thousand nine. So I wonder if this was the last major refurb that Space Mountain got. Uh, that was when they started doing the changes that took the FedEx stuff out. I think. Okay. I think I could be. I may have been earlier than that, but I think that was the time frame. Yeah. Kadani Village uh, at Animal Kingdom Lodge uh, opens. That was the first time for that one. Hmm. As well as the Animal Kingdom Lodge building in Walt Disney World is renamed Jumbo House, I guess, to separate the two in some way. Of course, on May 6th, something that probably should be buried. Um, (laughs) Stitch's Supersonic Celebration officially opens in Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Boo. Pretty much anything they ever did that had Stitch on it, yeah. they just totally ruined. Yeah. Never. Well, you know, with the exception. Yeah. Obviously, he still uh, is in Ohana, which that's still okay. To, that's okay by me, but he's pretty cool there. Yeah. But they yeah. just totally botched anything they ever tried to do with him. Yeah. <laughs> that they tried to catch him with. I was talking with Jason the other day, and uh, he was talking about his son didn't care at all about uh, Lilo. Like, he he knew Stitch, and he knew Mickey and Pluto, of course, because they had done breakfast at uh, Ohana. Mm-hmm. And the last time we were there, of course, my, my son didn't really care that much about Lilo either. He was like, eh, okay. But I, I, I feel like uh, my brother also talked about that, that nobody cared about Lilo. So it's like, I'm assuming... That's a thing. Like most people probably don't care. So I wonder what is stopping them from at least adding Moana and keeping Stitch, but maybe just adding Moana or something. Because Lilo and Stitch is like a package deal. I mean, it's even in the title. (laughs) But not in Tomorrowland, apparently. You don't see Lilo anywhere in Tomorrowland. Well, yeah. Well, you don't see the attraction really anymore either now, do you? Mm. No. It it took long enough. (laughs) Right. Okay, uh, the Virgin Megastore at Downtown Disney closed on May 31st of 2009. I mean, I do remember that when, yeah. when we went back. We're going back to the early 2000s, late, ni- uh, late 90s, when people actually still bought things like CDs um, yeah. or, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, there was a reason for that store. Come 2009, there was less of a reason. Exactly, <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody bought CDs anymore, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, it, interesting enough, it seems it's come around to where people are buying vinyl, <laughs> That's but not true. CDs. People are buying vinyl again, which is weird. So on July 3rd, the Hall of Presidents officially reopened with the new speeches by Barack Obama and George Washington, apparently. Uh, they threw yeah. a new one in. I, I don't think I ever saw this show, unfortunately. I wish I did. 
and like I mentioned on another one, the last time I even graced the doors of the right. halls of presidents was when Bill Clinton, uh, when That's they first true. did voices. I mean, I don't, I think we went in there probably, uh, I'm almost positive it had something to do with your mom. But um, anyway. <laughs> oh, really? And, and There's a reason why we went in to do it. That would have been 97. <laughs> probably her yeah, well, uh, 94 that I remember. It was 94, okay. Maybe yeah. It was. But um, that's not a reason I can think of why we would have gone in there at that point in time. But, but I believe this was the one that was narrated by Morgan Freeman, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, so it would have been yeah. interesting. But anyway, uh, August 4th, Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary Resort opened, which, uh, of course, part of the Contemporary and the DVC, uh, the DVC portion of the Contemporary Resort and we stayed there the next year so it wasn't long after it opened yep that's true so that yep. was nice um, at these, Disney's D23 Expo in Anaheim, California Jay Russulo, if I'm not I hope I'm not botching his name chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts at that time announces Fantasyland and Walt Disney World will undergo an extensive transformation and expansion tripling in size by 2013. Yeah, I wonder if this guy was better than Chapek. Although, I guess you could say at least under Chapek, a lot of stuff is happening. Whereas in this time stuff frame, faster. yeah, not much was going on in 2009. Yeah. October 3rd, a ticker tape parade is held for Buzz Lightyear at the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World to celebrate his return from 15 months in the International Space Station. Okay, okay. that sounds really dumb. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I don't But either. all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some of All Thrills opened October 14th at Epcot's Interventions. I remember seeing this a lot, like walking through there and seeing it, but I never did this. I kind of wish I I had. I did it. How did you like it? What did you think uh, about it? It was pretty cool. I mean, it just, it still kind of reminded me of doing the virtual Space Mountain at Disney Quest to a degree. Right. Mm -hmm. Only this was, you know, a robotic arm, and so it was a little yeah. more advanced than that. But it's like it just—that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like a step forward from the virtual Space Mountain that they did, yeah. and you know, obviously it's closed now. So right. I guess it didn't hold the thrill factor. It always looked pretty neat standing in line for it because you saw this robotic arm, you know, doing these things. With, yeah people because it mean, was literally out in the open it wasn't like you go into a room where this thing is it was like yeah you can the, see it well yeah. other than inside the interventions building but right yeah. yeah but i'm just saying when you were queuing you were like in the same area as the actual robotic yeah. arm <laughs> yeah, you could see everything yeah. yeah it was weird well like i said i did it once and it was all right i mean i wish i had done it but i'm sure you know it's closed for a reason so well I did, like i said it's not one of those things that can have a long-lasting appeal. I don't think that's the way. I, that's the impression I got of it. So, all right. Well, the last one basically is the same thing. Space Mountain reopened on November thirteenth for a few hours. <laughs> it says per day for some fine-tuning, and then officially on November twenty-second was the full uh, after seven-month renovation. So I, I mentioned that at the beginning. It was. The April 19th, when it went down, it reopened November 22nd, officially. 
And of course, that would bring us to now. To present day. I don't know if I remember very much about 2019. <laughs> yeah, what's going to go on? Well, so, well, we know that in the coming months, we'll have, you know, August 29th is a big date for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening. But also, what is it, July 9th, I think it is, is when Grandestino opens. I know it's in July. July, (laughs) Yeah, it's early July. So that's a big one. And then December, what, 19th or something for the Riviera Resort. Those are the dates we know for sure. But other things opening, the Skyliner, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will be opening. So there's definitely some big things happening this year uh, when we look back on it 10 years from now. I would be shocked if we don't get... An announcement on the Skyliner sometime in by June, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be so. shocked if we don't have one between now and June. Yeah, okay. just because they've come so far with it already. I feel like the big holdup is probably the stations at the moment. Yeah, because it seems like the system itself. I mean, I don't know what all the. I mean, they're running several of them, running some of them uncovered. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, f- I think they feel comfortable with how the system itself works. I think it's just getting all the like the stations completed and ready for guests because that's not a small undertaking by any means. But the ride itself, or the uh, the mode of transportation itself, is a, a bunch of towers and cable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like a ton of. Right. Once you have it, in, once you have that in place. Yeah, it's not. You know, I mean, it's not super difficult. Yeah. I think the other the other things, the fine tuning, is probably going to take the the longer part of it now. But um, yeah, and based on what I've seen, I, it looks like it probably will open in phases where you'll have the Pop Century Art of Animation to Caribbean Beach and Caribbean Beach to Hollywood Studios will open first, and then the the Riviera to Epcot line and all that <clears throat> Riviera to. Kirby Beach will probably be a phase two kind of thing. That's my guess, because I haven't seen any testing on that side. See, if it were me, I would think that the thing you should do first is the one that goes between the two parks right there. From Epcot to Hollywood Studios, it's the shortest route, I think, out of all those that it's going to take. And it'd probably be the easiest one to test guests on, because people wanting to go back and forth between the two. That would be the thing I think I would open first if you're going to open it in phases. Well, I mean, there's a lot of hotel guests between Art of Animation and Pop Century and Caribbean Beach that yeah. that will want to be going to Hollywood Studios, and this is going to give them an easy shot in compared to taking a bus or something on an opening day of Galaxy's Edge, for example, if the Skyliner's open by then. I'm curious at, what do they say, 15, 16 miles an hour. How long it, how long that actually takes to get from Hollywood Studios to Epcot and vice versa? Yeah, someone did the calculation on that, and we talked about it in a news episode way back, the end of last between year. The, I think. Specifically between those two parks, though. Yeah, I think I don't remember that. Well, I remember somebody telling me on the friendship boats that it was like 19 minutes or something versus the 20, or like 17 minutes versus the. Friendship Boats is like 25, so they said it was like, I remember him saying it was like 8 minutes shorter, something like that, 8 or 9 minutes. The question is, which is going to be faster, the power walking 
from Hollywood Studios <laughs> right. to Epcot or Skyliner. The Skyliner. Yeah. Uh, it probably depends on how lucky you hit the Skyliner. <laughs> right. I mean, you got to catch, you got to get on it at Hollywood Studios and off of it at Caribbean Beach and then back on it at Caribbean Beach to get on the Epcot line. So. Well, the thing about it is, is they claim that that's only a five minute walk between the two. Between like, um, excuse me, between uh, like Boardwalk, say, to Hollywood Studios. Those, I swear there's signs that say it's like a five minute walk. Okay. Could be wrong. I can't be. There's no way that's yeah. five minutes. You don't think so? No, I don't think it's five minutes. Yeah, I think it's longer than that myself. Maybe it was 15. Might be a five minute Maybe jog. Yeah, 15 yeah. might be doable, yeah. But even if it's a 15 minute walk, that's still slightly faster than the Skyliner. But is it worth it <laughs> to, to save your... Um, energy you know what i mean yeah i don't so. think so i think again i think it's you got to catch the right lines at the skyliner stations and then it's definitely faster well that's just it i don't think that with the way the skyliner is designed now you would think it wouldn't really have a line per se because people are getting in you're gone mm-hmm. getting in you must constantly moving in some way shape or form there'll be a line though <laughs> well obviously there's some kind of a line because even peter pan's constantly moving there's a line but i mean it's going to be different is what I'm trying to say, versus, say, a bus. Let's hope. Because you don't really see a ton of people usually waiting in line for a bus, but they actually have to wait Yeah. at least 10 minutes. Yeah. Whereas Skyliner, you don't necessarily have to wait. Well, at least it's a you moving see? line. Yeah, you're not just standing exactly. still. See what yes. I'm saying? But it's, it, even moving, it's even moving more often than the monorail. Right. But it actually still might be you know, a long wait, depending on how many people are trying to get to Epcot, you know. But I don't. I just, I just don't. I don't think it really will be. I mean, I've never seen, especially with this, the number of people I see there for whatever reason, are saying they, that they don't trust this or yeah, they're they're leery about trying it. I'm sure a lot of I'm people like, will try it though. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm just going to be a great many that still are. But like I said, you don't see a huge line for transportation like you do an attraction. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that will wrap up this discussion of the the 50 year history it's been interesting to go through those different decades and pick out what's happened there but if you want to reach out to us you can do that on our website travelingwiththemouse.com you can also email us podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com and we have a patreon page where you can help support the show on regular intervals and you'll get some things in return as well as exclusive content. So check it out, patreon.com slash podcast. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at TWTMPodcast. Uh, definitely give us shout-outs there. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. So for John, my name is Adam, and we will see you on our next trip. <laughs>